Oh, yes. Notice everyone's not wearing any masks. This is yeah. the ambiance that I'm talking about. Exactly. You know, um, I kind of wish some were wearing masks still. Hey, what are you doing wearing a mask over there? Take that off. Who yeah, this keep is? that off, man. What the? Killing the vibe. You know what? Drinks all around, garçon. Thank you. All of a sudden, you're a baller. <laughs> <laughs> Wait there. How much a pop? Oh, no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you all, wherever you are. This is Come Sit With Us. Episode 32. Break me off some of that. This is the only podcast from Rialto, California, that has interviewed an Emmy Award award winner. So please make sure to consider the credentials when selecting a podcast to listen to. I'm Mark Flores. And I'm Isaiah Martinez. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Consider the credentials before listening to it. Oh, They've man. interviewed an Emmy Award winning, you know, uh, host. Wow. Yeah. That's just. I should listen to that It's all show. subcategorized, too. It's like an <laughs> Emmy Award winning game show. That is a show I should listen to. <laughs> right? It just co- flows right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. We're not just two average dudes here. We're two dudes who interviewed an Emmy Award winning host. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> Isaiah, you're. In your neck of the woods, there's actually something that recently opened to the uh, to the tune of four dollars and twenty nine cents a gallon. Mm-hmm. You got a gas station with a car wash. I do right dude. by your hood, right by right behind my house. It's like my backyard. <laughs> it's in my backyard, literally. It is in my backyard, so I can wake up in the morning and walk across the street and grab a gallon of milk, order some chronic tacos. I Might freaking, I say you could just hop the hop your brick I wall? I could hop the brick wall, literally, and be at the gas station. Oh, you need quick do- quick dozen aids? All right, let me just jaywalk real quick. Yeah, basically. Grab the dozen, come back. Or they actually have a, a chronic tacos there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never would want to have a, a, a Mexican, a, a Chipotle-esque mes- Mexican restaurant like chronic tacos. Because chronic tacos has evolved into that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm thinking of gas stations like that, I'm thinking for convenience sake, I'm when I'm thinking those kind of establishments, I'm thinking of like getting your food in excess of 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. I, I don't sure. think that's the flavor. It's And it's not even that convenient of a location because your exits, how many exits do you have to take to get there? It's yeah. not like you, you just exit off one side of the freeway you actually have a minimum of two lights whether you're coming eastbound or westbound to get to that location true except for me i can go directly to the location from home yes you can I but can. but for travelers but everybody that are else just needing it's a little get gas. inconvenient actually because there is a couple of stoplights you're gonna have to be stopped at and checked at before you can pull up into this Gas station that's right behind my house. Man, that place just looks like it has a bunch of commotion. That it's going to have a bunch of commotion. Well, did you see like already? That. They have these um, these planners uh, planted right in front of their. Uh, it's like those flag waving things. Yeah, I saw that one that they're open. In. And I was like, "Hey, what's all this about? Like, you know, my backyard ain't no, uh, <laughs> it ain't no uh, car car sale over here. Like, what's this? Go- what's going on here? Oh man, I cannot imagine 
It looks like a freaking like a like commercial now. I'm like, wait, this used to be my backyard. This used to be like a privacy area over here. Now it's, you know, I remember for about a month I had to stay at uh, a hotel that was near that was near an auto center, mm. and that is by far the most. Like I thought railroads were busy all the time. No, auto centers like. I don't know where, how close I was, but I was right next to the inter- intercom system. Stay mm. to the front desk, stay to the front desk. I need you. <laughs> Marquez to maintenance, oh, Marquez to maintenance. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this, whoever was dispatching all these like moves and stuff was doing it every 15 to 20 minutes, but it was loud. Yeah. I thought you think you're, you think you have a bad, the one thing I'm worried about you on your end is like cataclysmic explosions Okay. Or, I'm not even thinking about all yeah, that. I'm just or, thinking about noise on the podcast. Like I'm thinking about people pulling up, bumping their stereo system or gas station fumes. Mm-hmm. Like what if you're in your backyard just chilling and you just get a, a bad whiff of just like a, a mm. not like a spill, but like just the smell of gas, you know, cars fueling up. I don't know. I, didn't, I guess I didn't think about that, man. That's I, never been an issue on my end. Well, I, I should say we did try to protest this, like the whole the whole neighborhood block got together and we all showed up at city council and we're all there right when, you know, the board is voting on this or whatever. But it's kind of funny because I guess, I guess what they did was they sent out a little letter in the mail and you know, people aren't going to really catch feed of this. Right. And they didn't send it to a large radius in the area. They just sent it to a short, the minimal radius that they needed to send it to. And then they quietly voted this thing in. And so we finally catch word of it that they're having another meeting and this is to finalize everything or whatever. And so everybody in the block, we rally up, we get together and we all meet up at city council. Right. I mean, I'm coming right out of work. I'm tired, whatever, but I'm, I'm like willing to do this because this is my backyard. I, I, it matters to me what's in our freaking backyard. Right. So I go there and I'm all pumped up. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to protest this thing. Like, nah, they, they ain't doing it on my watch. It's about to be like a park or something. It's about to be what we want. And so we show up and it's like the most in enthusiastic board, you know, members ever. They're just like two or three of them are there. The rest are on vacation. Right. And they're reading like bills like, okay, section 134, okay, pass, say I, 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 right. And then they want to finally hear, you know, what the community has to say about it. So they give us a short little brief, like minute or two to kind of say whatever. And so one of our uh, com- community members was like, yeah, we don't want this. We don't want this bill and da da da. And she knew all their board members names and everything. She knew all of their names and she's like, we don't want this Frank. What are you doing? Trying to do this secretly behind our backs. You know, oh, why don't, why man. don't you put something there? That's going to be useful for the community. Not a freaking gas station. That's dangerous. This and that. And everybody was just like backing her like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was, the guy was, his response was, well, this was, um, you know, we had a meeting about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nobody here showed up. That's here today. Unfortunately, this is already moving forward. Um, oh, so we already passed this process. Um, he goes, what are we going to do? I mean, we have to really consider uh, what's useful in that amount of space and what do we see it will be beneficial to the community as a whole. Uh, we feel like this is the right thing. This is the right move. We feel that the panhandlers need another route instead of the Seven <laughs> Eleven that's right down the street. <laughs> so us being there was basically nothing. Like it didn't matter, you know? And so we were just mulled over, unfortunately, like the sheep that we are. And now we have the gas station, but nice little backhanded uh, thing right there. I like that. 
but I I uh, I have visited. I went there yesterday. I told you, <laughs> despite all your <laughs> despite all that, right? I went there yesterday, first day, day day one when it opens. Yeah, and um, I stopped there last night, and I I just noticed it. Like I noticed there was a car getting gas, and I was like, "What is this thing open?" So I pull in. And I walk inside, you know, everything's all fresh, you know, and I just like, okay, I grab a bag of hot Cheetos. I'm like, mm, okay, yeah, let me try these out. And I got like a fresh uh, uh, vitamin water drink from their fountain or whatever. And I come over. And oh, so you actually got it from the, from the, from the yeah, soda fountain. From the soda wow, fountain. Wow. So you got clean, you got yeah, clean got, pipes. You yeah, got, I, got, I got it right. So I got fresh, clean pipes. I pull up, I put it on the counter and the, the guy is. I thought it was a girl and it turned out to be a guy long hair kind of looked feminine, but the voice was like, yeah, um, that's going to be 1099 or something like that. I was like, wait, I thought I was talking to a girl right now. It's going to be 1095 handsome. <laughs> it was like a guy. So anyways, uh, it looks really nice, bro. I think I'm going to be happy with it. It has a car wash. That's really nice. I feel real spoiled. The value on our house is going to go up no matter what. I mean, Good move. Yeah, I think good it's move a good move overall, you think? I think and it's a good move. considering the space, because there's not really a lot of space for them to work with, they're actually. Yeah, it's not. Um, there's actually fencing yeah. behind there, behind the. Uh, I think it's like the the rip, the city water runoff. Mm -hmm. It's kind of bittersweet, actually, because I remember that being a field, uh, more like a, a dune field. Yeah, we used to jump our bikes back yeah. there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mark used to live across the street from me, mind you. So he was, he was literally here during yeah. those days, too. Um, John John, who was a neighbor on our corner, yeah. getting a shout John John getting a shout out on Come Sit With Us. Anyways, John John, who lives on the corner, he had these uh, quads these uh, and dirt bikes and stuff. And I remember that they would always be doing that. So it, it's a bittersweet because it brings back those kind of memories of when yeah. it was just a dune field. And um, what's also sucks about it is rodents and, and st stuff coming from that field. You know, we had gophers and stuff lately. I feel like probably came from that field. Uh, unfortunately, so you're rats, dealing with immigrant pests, rats. Unfortunately, we caught dude. No joke. We caught seven rats in my backyard, bro. Oh, seven, seven. Oh, rats. that's seven too many. Yeah, too many. So I feel like because of all that work there in that field, though, rodents and stuff who used to live there. Yeah. Panned out or whatever. So bittersweet, but. I think it will be good for the community ultimately. Isaiah, I had a question for you. Um, very random. Sure. Um, have you ever had dreams with celebrities in them? Hmm. Dreams with celebrities in them only once. And it was with Arnold Schwarzenegger coming <laughs> after me. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, so Terminator esque, literally, literally Terminator S coming after me. And I think, I was trying to protect my father or something. And he was like, he pointed a shotgun or whatever at He's him. All, get, wait, oh, you wouldn't tell you to get down. He, he doesn't care. This is the evil Terminator. This, this is, is the evil T2. Terminator. And I don't, this is when I was younger. I had this dream, but I woke up right when he was about to pull the trigger. So Dang. I woke up like right at that moment. That was the only time I had like a celebrity in my dream like that. <laughs> so I like the fact that it was a celebrity, but he's playing his yeah, role. I know he's playing the role though. Yeah. Starring as the T and Hooded in Isaiah's dream, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get down. Well, get I'm gonna just shoot you. You don't need to get down. Yeah, say John. You're so that made you that made you the T eight hundred protecting your dad. So your dad played Basically. the role of John Connor. Yeah. And I remember telling my family about this, you know, they kinda had a little laugh about it. That's I think funny. I was probably 
like 10 or so years old at that time. Yeah. Mm, maybe younger, but yeah, that dream was, uh, that dream was a trip. <laughs> yeah, dude, I never looked at Terminator the same, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so in my end, because this trails off into something that I want to get into too. So the, the three most memorable dreams or that circle around constantly in rotation. I have a quick conversation with separately is mm-hmm. um, Dwayne Johnson and then Barack Obama. You have a conversation. Yeah. It's like just, just one of those like at the same time or a different time. Separately, separately. separate dreams, separately, okay. separately happening, separately happening. So these dreams are really peculiar because they usually carry the same characteristics mm-hmm. where I'm trying to take a picture with them selfie style. Mm-hmm. But the weirdest thing happens. Every time I want to see the photo, I can never see the photo. <laughs> so I have to, the, the whole dream is me asking them to retake thing. the photo. That's a nightmare though. In reality, like if you try to, if you take the selfie and you turned around and you can't see it, it's like crap. That's like the worst thing that could ever happen. I'm diving a little deeper into it though, mm. because to me, the human mind is very complex. Yeah. So what's the reason why we can't see ourselves via photo in our dreams i never thought about that i never tried either though yeah you know i guess i never had an instance where i took a selfie in my dream you know am i that vain where i take where i'm like one of the only people to take selfies in my dreams? no i don't think so because you were doing it with a celebrity and with barack obama who wouldn't do that any normal person would have done that is this a spiritual thing that we're dealing with like i can't i I can't see myself in my dreams because i haven't seen i haven't well i haven't I've never saw myself in reality. Well, what psychologically, do you, I don't what do know. What do you see when you look in the mirror? You know, in like in real life. Oh, I know exactly who I am. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like I, I don't get it. I don't know uh, what the symbolism is behind it. I'm di- I may, might be digging a little bit too deep into it. Yeah. But there has to be a reason why I can't see myself via a photo. Did in you try dream. looking this up on Google? Like, what does it mean when you can't see an image? Because there's probably stuff on this. Yeah. On Google about like, I haven't yet. What does this mean in a dream when you see? Because there's different stuff out there. I haven't yet. They say the one about you like losing teeth or something. It's supposed to be like some sort of fear of death or something. Something yeah. it ties to something significant in some sort of way. Maybe yeah. that's one of those things that are significant. Or maybe it's a meaning and trying to tell you something. So, so you've never had, have you ever seen a reflection of yourself? Cause I've seen myself in a mirror in my dream and to the same effect mm. of seeing like a deformity in my face. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, it was actually my teeth falling out. Mm. Um, same situation. Yeah. But I see myself in the reflection, mm. but in a photo. Well, that's you know what's, the issue. what's odd is that in some of my dreams, I've seen myself in the third person, like. Oh, okay. I like over the shoulder myself, or something? Yeah. Like I can see myself like from an, like an aerial view or something. Like I can see myself, which is a totally crazy different thing. Yeah. And I never you really know, thought about it until you just brought this up. Let me but, start writing this down. How long ago did that start for you? How long, how long ago did that start geez, for you? Jeez. Probably when I was in teenager years. Relax, relax on the couch. I'll, let's really, this is come psych with us. Let's, <laughs> let's psychologically delve into Isaiah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just lay back, rest your mind a little bit. Um, I'll okay. be here. All right, all right. Let me go ahead and do this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me try it. Let me try it out. Okay. I am now relaxed in my chair, leaning back. Mark is walking me through this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I never really. I mean, 
I never really realized it, but I can actually see myself from the third person. So that's kind of creepy though. Cause I don't know, like who is this third person watching myself? Mm. Is it myself watching myself? You know? So that's you come sitting with yourself. Pretty that's much. cool. <laughs> that's a good plug into the show. Yeah. You're, you're just doing nothing but doing uh interior um, product placement within, within your mind about come sit with us. I am curious though, if it really does mean something. As far as like seeing a photo of yourself in your dream, mm-hmm. I I will love to see that. As soon as I as soon as I ever get that answer, I will I will wake up and write it down. How often do you dream? By the way, ooh, I'd say about two to three times a week. Really, that frequent? Yeah. Mine's yeah. not that frequent. Mine's is like, I'll dream, ooh, maybe once every four weeks. Wow, it's not that frequent. I I'm more. I think it's all because of the caffeine I drink throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So it might be the fact that I'm just like always because caffeine needs a long time for you to like take it out of the system. So yeah. I'm always constant rotation with that. And right now, speaking of that, I'm like a cup of coffee and two bangs deep mm. throughout the day. Not all at once, mm. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably one of those things. You really want to have some messed up dreams an hour before you go to bed, just down a quick can of Dr. Pepper you won't want you will not want to go back to bed they're that bad Hmm. i i used to have the craziest Hmm. nightmares this is me getting off of dr pepper because i used to drink it religiously yeah but i was you know the last one i've had was like a christmas two or three years ago at a walmart really that that long ago yeah yeah i don't i don't have i don't drink drink soda that often anymore wow um the but it's still like I really remember bad dreams and drinking soda, Dr. Pepper specifically at night and had like the worst nightmares, like actual waking up terrified kind of dreams. The worst. So, yeah, you really want to go well, on for I, I, a ride. I do think dreams are, are pretty crazy. I was talking to Charlene about this the other day, like the fact of how is it that we can see these images in our own brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing these images, even though our eyes physically are shut, their eyelids are shut and we're mm-hmm. not physically seeing anything, but we're mentally seeing these vivid images. Yeah. It's like um, when we, it's like when we close our eyes and imagine to that kind of effect, but it's yeah. something a lot, it's a lot deeper because we're actually not conscious about it. It's weird. Cause like we're, we're, yeah, it's weird because we're unconsciously in our imagination, like literally like how serious should we be taking our dreams is one question to where like it's how serious should we be taking this sometimes yeah can you can you be conscious and still stay in your dream like if you realize it's a dream can you can you still Uh, sustain it so break i've developed a habit a habit in my dreams to where once i realize i have somewhat a form of control in my dreams. I know I'm going to be waking up soon because yeah, that's where I'm like, told, like I'm walking near consciousness and yeah. being able to control things. Yeah. That's where I'm at too with that. Yeah. Because otherwise, isn't it called, I don't know a whole lot of information on this cause I haven't looked it up recently, but lucid dreaming. What is, what is lucid dreaming? Isn't that where you are conscious in a dream and you could kind of control it and sustain it. I believe that's, I think that might be it. That might be what it you is, um, which I've never had. And I heard that it's not really a so pleasant experience having that, but 
it's an experience that some do have, I guess. I'm not talking about just dreams. I'm talking about implanting an idea in someone's mind. Right. Imagine that movie is so <laughs> freaking so inception. cool though. <laughs> of course this is going to go into inception. I know. Right. Good concept though. It is a good concept, man. That movie was really layered in it. Literally. I, yeah. Literally layered. Um, but it also makes you think about dreams. It's a, mo- a great movie about dreams uh, too. And just how an idea can manifest just from a thought. <laughs> People are trying to manifest thought. ideas into your mind to be like, yeah, I kind of want to take uh, over. I kind of want to take over my dad's company instead of selling my portion. Right. Over a simple, like that message is pretty crazy and profound over a simple uh, thing. It's not a direct idea. Yeah. They're not giving it to you directly. Like think they, of this. Yeah. They, and they can't, they have to indirectly somehow spark him to have the idea. Yeah, they have to build around it. Right. Which is, um, I mean, that's a crazy yeah. concept. The human mind, man. What an enigma it is, huh? It really is, bro. I mean, to think that, you know, I've heard somebody say, like, what if we're all just little electrons within, you know, within a, a, a pupil of a bigger giant eye or something like, you know, and it's crazy because, like, that kind of sounds like it could be true. Yeah. When, when, and we've said this a couple episodes before, if for in a couple episodes back. And we'll say it again. It's when you scale our sun to the largest suns out there, you will realize how insignificant we truly are. And you see how small we are. So that that's even goes more into the theory that maybe we're not so uh, life size as we think. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're much more smaller than we think. Yep. Um, and small as like small as atoms. What if we're super, super tiny and we think that we're not, but we really are truly are yeah it's it's one of those one of those questions that carl sagan was asking back in the 70s and 80s one of those peculiar peculiar questions billions and billions of stars i do i do believe though that dreams have a way of uh communicating to to you whether it's you yourself feeling some sort of way right or whether it is because i I believe in spirituality. So whether it's a higher being communicating to you, I do believe that there is some sort of form of communication through dreams or that we can be communicated to through dreams. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and maybe it might be most, most of the times just something that we have in ourselves, you know, that we're trying to run from or yeah, avoid. Think about, think about how crazy our <clears throat> subconscious is. When I go, when I go True. deep into, uh, meditation or deep into prayer, dude, I, I lose myself sometimes and just detach from the exterior and per, you know, purposely focus on interior. It's you, you get to that sense of detachment to where you enter your, your true, your inner self, you know, and I'm no monk or, you know, zealot, but it's just, I've, I felt it, you know, there's a definite, con- I feel certain connections with my, my good friends. I feel certain connections with my girlfriend. You know, I feel those connections, you know, I feel, I feel spirituality like that. Um, but yeah, man, it just goes to show you how truly an enigma the human body within is still a mystery. Yeah. Like you said, the brain is very crazy. 
and what it can do. I mean, we take it for granted. Like, you know, say, say right now we're trying to build AI. We're trying to train AI to do things that we think would be so simple, like reading words. Like that seems like a pretty easy thing to do. But when you try to train an AI to recognize different types of handwriting, maybe some handwriting might be a little scribbly. So how do you tell that's still an A, even though it might not be in the framework of a like a true looking A? It might be a little scribble looking A, but the AI has yeah, to be how able does to it decipher that? That is it is a true A. So like we take a lot of things for granted that you know we do, um, and it's just a, shows you how amazing uh, the human body really is. And what it can do um i just think that it's sad that it's so short but it's also bittersweet that it's short we're talking about life in general just life in general oh yeah uh so it it's crazy it's crazy how that is and that's just a part of it you know and everybody kind of has to everybody kind of realizes that and knows that but yeah you know we don't talk it's, about it it's about being conscious of the moment that you're in and making the <clears> most <throat> out of your life because you could you could literally sleep away a whole year. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been I've been there to where I've I've slept and just been lazy for six months. Yeah. But that all included me binge watching all of Unsolved Mysteries, so I'm really I thought of it as being productive on my end. Right. And actually getting a lot of stuff off the ground. But it went like that. It went super quick. Um going back to the show here on Come Sit With Us. It's good that we're back here live in effect. Um but I want to talk about this little trip that uh, you missed out on, but you were there in spirit because me and Andre actually were a part of it. Um, last Saturday, Andre and myself, you know, the Andre Gainer from Lyricology 101, uh, went to San Francisco. He went and helped me uh, vend over at the Patches and Pin Expo in San Fran over at this place called like uh, called Spark Social. Not really too familiar with it, you know. The bay is not my not my scene. Yeah, it's a little six and a half hours a bit out of my way. You have been out there though a few times. Yes, it's an awesome place. The foods there, food there is pretty good. Um, there's a couple places I actually want to try a Irish coffee, but we were there a little too uh, a little too late. Okay, for my taste to to go and walk over there and walk back. So I was like, okay. not part of the not part of the thing. But one thing I do know about San Francisco is the many times I've been there, either watching a game at the ballpark, going to Oakland to watch the A's play, been to San Fran to watch the Giants play too. The city tries to get over on you at every corner. It's like they charge rent for you to even just be there. It's insane. Parking nearby the event, the event, the total time I was there, 30 bucks, mm. 30 bucks. I don't play crossing the bridge there. One of the bridges that they had, yeah. I don't know yet because crossing the bridge, it says you will be invoiced. Oh, you'll be sent. I'm like, man, what the, like, are <laughs> you going to tell that. me the price? I remember that. Yeah. Invoice sent later. Like, I love that. They don't mention the price. Like you can, like you have the ability to jam the brakes. Like, no, forget it. And like you turn in what, go down the street and not cross the bridge. There's no other way to get in. You'd have to like go 25 miles and go around to not cross the bridge. Which is pretty crazy because you think about all the bills they have to send to each person that's going over that bridge like every day. Oh, for the, the amount of money that they're making, they better they better come up with like a system to like 
invoice you and be o- be okay with it. It's pretty crazy though. Yeah, okay. man, dude. Like, what 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 does San Fran expect you to do? To it's an expensive city. You the the median. What is it? The median salary you have to have to be there to live to have a sustainable like lower to middle class income is six figures. You have to have six figures to make it out there. That's just bare minimum. And it's like, man, I just don't get it. Even if I did make six figures, I don't even know if I'd want. I wouldn't be in San Fran. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I know because. It's just, it's a headache getting in and out of there. I mean, some people don't see it as a headache though, but I see it as one because yeah. it's like all these little obstacles you got to do every time. Like to it's me, true. I could do it for a week or so, but then after that, oh, I'd, dude. Get, I'd get I one cannot, out pretty quick. I cannot imagine being anybody in the blue collar industry yeah. servicing people out in San Fran. Imagine yeah. you're a plumber going up those slanted streets. <laughs> going to like or or just installing a plumber, just a plumber trying to make it yeah or or even worse <laughs> like uh i remember a lot of people were like uh at when i was working at solar city oh yeah we're gonna go to san fran for like a couple weeks to go out there and install so i was like go ahead have fun with those big trucks those small parking spaces those slanted those slanted parking spots how are you gonna get stuff out of the back roll you know how you have to get stuff out of the back you're at an incline right. like right. oh have fun with that Mm-hmm. there's also like the issue of, you know, pit, all the, because of the houses, because they're so small, the pitches on the roof have to be like at 25 degrees. Mm-hmm. So like, I love people that have this idea that it's fun to be <laughs> out there, but no, dude, try to install solar panels on a pitch, <laughs> a pitch of roof. That is like a V. Uh huh. I, the five or six times I remember doing it, hell on earth. Yeah, I can hot imagine. day, slanted roof, you almost slip, <laughs> I fall. Can imagine. I Dude, can imagine. That's two hard people work. died. Oh, I I'm thankful I never fell off a roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I was somewhat of a still somewhat of an athlete there to where I was like I never slipped off a roof. But dude, I've been on some crazy pitches on roofs trying to install panels. Mm. It was nuts. I don't even know why I did that. The money was you, good. I remember you were you were putting in work, man. You always came in a darker shade too. Yeah, looked like you always a came in wallet. a darker shade, and you were, uh, yeah, you were always uh, tired. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, tired and wanting a drink. Yeah, definitely remember those days, bro. I do remember those days. I appreciate all the people that still install panels because it's just in in its infancy. Oh man, you remember for a cool hot minute there was like mom and pop solo businesses everywhere. Trying to put up panels. Yeah. It's insane. So back to what we were doing with um, San Fran, going back to uh, in, uh, vending. Um, oh, easy money. The day was nice. It was a nice sunny day, but the weather was like, it was barely 70 degrees. Ooh, nice, nice breeze coming through. Um, Andre and myself, I had a nice, um, they had a little a place that was making some really good tea. So I had a tea with some uh, some half and half milk. Really good. Never had that kind of combination, but it was really good. Yeah. And did Andre see anybody that knew him or recognize no, him? No, I, I, I forgot I was going to ask him that, but no one like came up and did. I was like, bro, you should advertise that you're doing like song breakdowns. Yeah. And I was like, that way you have like a line of people being there. And then, you know, we made a joke of saying like one minute, you know, you'll have, I'm doing $5 breakdowns. You have one minute to do your song. And then my critique is also within that one minute. Mm. So, 
<laughs> so wow. I was like, they have 30 seconds to break down the song, and then you have 30 minutes to give them oh, wow. uh, a, the reception of it. <laughs> like, what did you think of it? Yeah. Um, but, oh, dude, the best part about uh, having to set up shop with another set of hands is that Andre was a big help because I was able to take my time and relax. Usually when I'm over at those shows by myself, um, whether it's like uh, a 10 by 10 or a six foot table, I'm always on edge just trying to make sure everything's good, making right. sure like I, I watch my merch and, oh man, it was good just having another person, like another set of eyes there. Um, but also the best thing about going there is that because my MO is having a lot of sports pins, like being the one pin guy that, and I'm still shocked that no one else has sports pins to sell. Um, I got rid of a lot of San Francisco Giants stuff because mm. I cannot get rid of it here in SoCal. I only go there and, and I'm over just here, selling. It's all Dodgers, Dude, bro. The only thing I heard all day at the at the at the Pin Expo, and I had mad Giants pins on deck. All I heard was, "Hey, can I get the Giants pin? Giants pin? Giants hat? Like it was just the hat, uh, a pin of the Giants hat." Mm. I sold like 15 of those or something, dude. It was nuts. But along with like other San Fran related stuff, like San Francisco Giants emblems, Oakland athletic stuff, just people were there just to go and just to go and buy stuff and just handle it. Mm. And the one thing about having like a six foot table is that because of what's going on right now with the pandemic, not a lot of people like getting really close. So my mission was to just like, have the customer become, you know, be there, make them feel at home, have them make their selection and then go on their merry way. Because the more that one person's there, someone else isn't able to see anything. And I, and it takes about, it's like two or three bodies at a six foot table. And then after that, everyone's just like, Oh, I'll come back. Or I, they just pass my table. Yeah. yeah. I can't have that. <clears throat> I need to right. keep it going. Um, the psyche of a pin customer is one of those that has many dimensions to it. It's they're overstimulated with a lot of a lot of uh, visual visuals, whether it's pins that they like and everything. But what I look for is just the presentation, like like showing that the notorious pins here, giving them information and persistent persistence, me persistently telling them how much the pins are. What do I have? This is this like just trying to. Like it's like a like a circus barker. Hey, step right up, blah, 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 blah. you know, just yeah. running my yap the whole day. Andre was a big help with that. He was just running his yap to hey, excuse me, miss, miss. I like your shirt, blah, blah, blah. Just reeling him in, like stuff that I wouldn't do, just because it's like I'm really just focusing on just the person that comes organically. Yeah, yeah. But Andre just reels him in. He's throwing his bait out there, casting his line, getting him back in. I'm all for that. That's just not my style. But it helped. Right, right. Um, yeah, dude. But the best part about the beauty about all that is seeing, you know, the, a different set of customers, seeing the different fans that are out there that seen our pins before and just like seeing new experiences like that. When you go to Santa Ana, when you go to places like in L.A., you kind of see the same faces. Yeah, yeah. This was a little bit different. And the best part about it. San Fran has deeper pockets than the people here in SoCal. No, no, no of, offense, but what kind it's, of uh, what kind of stuff are they selling out there? I mean, I know you sell pins, and there's probably yeah. other pin people too. But oh, dude, what else do they have lot? at these? What is it exactly? Is Bro, it just I'll, like a, a a get together that somebody's putting together? Or yeah. Is so it, pa- pins and patches expo is just you know it really focuses on pins and and patches. 
But the thing is, is that a lot of vintage clothing people are getting in on the business too. Really? Okay. Me personally, I would never, I would never, ever, ever, to each their own. <laughs> but me personally, I would never sell vintage clothes in a 10 by 10 booth. Hmm. It is, you, you sell articles of clothing at price points that are really ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. old wrestling shirts are going for like 200 to $400. Really? Well, I saw some guy wear uh, um, a Mace and P. Diddy and the Family Tour T-shirt. He was he wore it. He was wearing it. The guy was selling it for twenty three hundred dollars, twenty three hundred dollars. And he was like, the story behind it was like, if you were there during that event, Diddy was only selling those shirts for two weeks. And I was like, okay, great. You just spun a story that I have to believe. I have to take your word on it. Yeah. Like I don't have the history sheet in front of me. Right. Anyway, but it's like. I can't do that. Like I can confidently say that I'm okay with just having a six foot booth with the, with what I'm take home. I am okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's definitely better selling pins than it's selling like vintage clothes. I, I, I hope they kill it. Like I hope people have like good grail shirts like that are just worth that money. Like it's a lot of money though. Oh dude. It's cool, but is it that much cool? The same know? shirts, the you know the Holyfield and Tyson shirts that I have? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I bought those on eBay 2013-2012. I probably bought paid 35 bucks each for them. Okay. Shipping and everything. Right. Reasonable price, so I bought both of them. You know how much one of those is going for? 300 bucks. And I can't imagine nice. which one the bite fight. I the the bite yeah. fight, the one where Vander Holyfield gets right. his ear bit by Tyson. Uh, Tyson Holyfield uh, 2 that one's the one that's worth a lot that one's like 400 300 bucks mm. the first one that I have which is um, I think it's called Finally the 96 fight between Tyson and Holyfield I think that one's 200 to th- 250 bucks but it's like dude the margin on that's insane now because of the demand like people that weren't even born past that date are craving those shirts right. I, I don't blame them you know they want to they want that stunt they want to stunt yeah. but it's just goes back to me to where if you don't have those grails to make up the cost for your booth, you're really selling like five to ten dollar shirts or like fifteen to twenty dollar jeans. That's not the flavor, bro. I can't I can't imagine carrying that much weight from SoCal to, to San Fran and just paying in gas. I would hate that. Considering just how much weight's in there, I'm like, no. I'm boggles my mind. Mm. Boggles my mind thinking about that. I'm 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 good taking my happy ass with like just my small amount of pins, my table, and a little baby Prius and just getting up there, coming back, and that's it. We left at 2 a.m., got there at 8, and after we were done with the event, we jetted straight home. And we got back home at like 1.30. We jetted straight there, straight back. But the best part about it, coming back home when we knew it was going to be all desolate, Guess what we did to kill time? Hmm. Endgame and Infinity War back to back. Oh, man. Enough time. There's, you know, road was safe enough for us to just like do that to where I'm driving. I can hear it, see what's going on. But dark enough to where we could see the screen and just be okay with seeing the road. But dude, Infinity War and Endgame back to back. Oh, my gosh enough time to where it's like we have to focus on the road have to focus on the movie it's like it's a great opportunity for you to catch up on some old shows or something but dude rewatching Endgame and Infinity War 
Icing on the cake. Infinity War was brilliant because it left everybody on this biggest cliffhanger ever with their heroes like dusted. clueless everyone was clueless yeah. and we didn't know what really happened or where they did go yeah so yeah i remember that feeling after infinity war it was like what the fuck like yeah. it was that kind of feeling so infinity war is a bit better than endgame for me because yeah of same that. here yeah i'm with you on that one um but endgame i mean endgame it it it's uh it does have a great ending yeah. So it ends with a the best finale you can really do yeah. and put it together. So, yeah. Dude, to watch them back to back. Yeah, yeah it was, was good. Amazing. It was good watching it with good company too. I'm man. going back and watching a lot of the Marvel stuff in sequence, like Iron Man one, two, and three, and yeah. Thor and all that from the beginning, and kind of going back at that and watching all those and seeing how the little Easter eggs they put in there, you know, played out, uh, which is pretty cool. So I've done the one I'm doing um, that. The one thing I'm really like down in the dumps about about the whole MCU, not to be sidetracked or everything, but since we're on the topic, yeah, um, I really wanted to see Edward Norton play out the Hulk. Mm. A fantastic a fantastic actor. It let's plainly put he is better a better actor than Mark Ruffalo. That's that's point blank. But it's like man, that would have been seeing him fully play out as. Because there's three iterations of the Hulk. There's the Eric Bana who played the Hulk in the first one. And then there's the second iteration, the Universal Marvel Hulk with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And then we have this third, the rest with, you know, we have the rest of the MCU that's not Hulk movies with Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, see, I wanted to see how Edward Norton was going to do it himself. Because to me, he would have been more of a believable professor. Like when I see Dr. Bruce Banner... And I see a picture of Mark Ruffalo or Edward Norton. I'd point at Edward Norton yeah. all day. Yeah. But anyway. No, that's a good point. That's a really yeah. good point, actually. So, San Fran was a complete success. I don't spend the night there because, again, the city already gets over on you so much. It's like going to New York. Like, if you drive to New York, pff, yeah, same thing. They'll try to get over on you, too. Um, But, yeah successful event got rid of a lot of giant stuff which i was hoping to do and ended up doing and i really really made a killing out there it's good nice yes um also this week i actually start i actually took my first mental health break today and yesterday um what is, what is that what does that entail what is just called just had a i had a, a doctor's appointment for uh thursday and had this friday to also have off and got excused for it so it's a mental health break i've never taken one but when you have two days that you're able to just like relax from the you know from the hustle and bustle of work or and everything that's not the weekend because i'm monday through friday yeah it's amazing I was able to catch up, tie some loose ends at at, uh, at home and with, you know, side business stuff, you know, just getting the notorious pin to where I want it to be for upcoming events, restocking, right. organizing, you know, it never stops, but it, it felt great to decompress like that. Mm. Really felt great. I recommend I think we all need one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It rec- I recommend that you do that. Um, a good 
a good uh, thing that we have going now with um, social distancing and everything. You seeing your doctor remotely mm-hmm. still counts as you seeing your doctor. They'll write you. They'll still write you a doctor's note, and that's it. So if oh, you they still send you the bill, all right. <laughs> that too, <laughs> they do. Uh, luckily, uh, luckily, I do. I do know now how to handle that. Yeah, and um, I do know that I'm going to be able to take care of that more effectively than I did this first time. Yeah. So I know that what's going to be in the books because I'm able to, and I'm thankful to be in a position where, um, remember. I, I've said it before here here on Come Sit With Us. It's like I'm in a position where I have the power at my job. I actually have the, you know, just I feel okay at my job. I feel content. And I know that if I need to ever dip out, I can go somewhere else. Yeah. I have that power. Um, but I also feel like I, I, I understand my rights and I can take mental health, mental health days now because I know how to do it. So I'm going to start doing it, not every month, not whenever, but every time I need to feel like, hey, two or three weeks from now, I want to take this break. Yeah. LeBron does it. I mean, yeah. we should all be able to. Oh, yeah, he, did. <laughs> <laughs> he did it during what? Game six? <laughs> took a... Anthony Davis took a mental health break. Yeah. Poor Anthony Davis, man. He tried. He tried during that elimination game. He couldn't do it. He Like five minutes into the first quarter, he ends up straining himself. He did. He Poor did. guy. He tried. But I, hey, I, I when, really when they're on, hey. I I also didn't. I I am. I know this is going to be an opposite opinion compared to the junkies, uh, which is a, a Facebook page group that uh, Mark is a part of. But I'm going to say this. I was watching the game and I felt like LeBron gave up at the very end of that when we did get it close to within ten. And yeah. we were energized. It was like eight minutes left in the fourth at Probably 10, like eight right? Eight minutes left. Yeah. LeBron was a little out of it for some reason. Like he shot a shot. He shot like a three. He, he went for like a three, I think. Um, and it, 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 it bounced out. It didn't make it. So he did go for a shot. Uh-huh. But I think it him missing that shot even put him further into a funk. And right. he just wasn't feeling it. Like... I don't know if it was because he knew that the issue with Anthony Davis wasn't going to get better soon or what, but he just wasn't in it. He was more wanting to complain to the ref than he was wanting to get his head in the game. And, um, you know, I I can't, I'm not going to tear the man down because he got you, he got your ring last year. You can't, he He hasn't, he He has an excuse for two seasons. He did. He did get us a ring last year. I can't tear him down. However, you know, this is this is the, such the great thing of why we, I think, are so passionate about Kobe is because we we see him time and time again pour his heart into that court or on the court, and it's like one of the reasons why it's like we appreciate that so much. But oh, I can't. On. No, like, okay, okay. I honestly think you guys are are taking this idea of Kobe Bryant and not thinking about the last four years that he was on the Lakers. Trust me, Mark. I have my thumb on the pulse of the Laker nation. I know what the Laker nation feels, bro. I I almost feel like I can feel Laker nation. Like that's how deep it is for me. And I'm just saying, I'm not tearing down LeBron. I'm not saying, you know, he's, I'm not saying like LeBron sucks or nothing like that. I'm just saying that this is, those moments why we appreciate Kobe so much because Kobe really I'm not saying Kobe's perfect either 
there's there's probably some times where he, but for the majority of the time though, Kobe would be head in the game trying to pull the last ditch effort to get them over that ten deficit. You know, Kobe would Kobe's gonna make that happen. That right. ten deficit, Kobe's gonna make that happen. There's there's plenty of times where he didn't make that happen. Sure, too. sure, sure. But right. he's gonna try though. Almost a hundred percent of that time. Even though it might not always happen. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like he's gonna try though. Whereas I'm, I- I'm sensing the Heath Ledger Joker effect with the Laker Nation on this thing that we're dealing with here. And that's okay for you to say because you're you're trying to bring me back to earth. I get it. Yeah. But I am just trying to fight the case of somebody who isn't a part of the Laker Nation who doesn't feel that same sentiment for Kobe. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain why we do. And it's because... We remember that time and time and time that that blood and sweat that Kobe poured into the game of closing out that 10 point deficit. However, let me say this. It is a new era. I get it. You know, LeBron isn't Kobe. He's not Jordan. He's not those guys. I'm not going to say he's, you know, he's built the same way, but, and he's a different kind of beast. He's not the same type of beast that they are, but he's a different type of beast. And with him, I think he th- he thinks more long-term endurance. How does he play out his career to the longest he can? And maybe it's not worth his energy to try to win one game when they're going to lose the next anyway without AD or something. Right. So I can understand that. Yeah. However. Because we've seen, and, and actually you guys bear witness to this, you've seen the worst of what happens when a gentleman puts it all on the line Really? You're and put that in my face? Really? Am, are we? Are, you know, am I lying here You're when I'm saying that, that we've face? seen what happens oh, when? I did see what happens. Yeah. I saw what happens when someone has a torn Achilles, still hit both of their free throws, right? Brought us into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I saw what happens. Yeah. Carrying Dwight Howard. Yeah, I saw what happens. Oh, give me that. I, give you that. That's what happened, bro. Yeah, that is literally facts. Yes. And, you know what? I still, after all that being said, I still understand LeBron. It's a new era. He's thinking, you know, I'm not going to get hurt here. Maybe like my friend Kobe or whatever. He's trying to play it smart. And I understand it. Right. But you know who else tries to play smart? Mayweather. And not everybody likes him either because he plays, he tries to play to his advantages where he wins. And it's for his, his, long, his 50 that, and 0 career, whatever it is. But what I'm saying is, you, you're chasing. It's you're not likable. Yeah. What I'm trying to you, say. You're, I'm Alice, and you're the rabbit in the rabbit hole, and I'm fall, trying to follow you here. I'm just. But we, and I'm I'm totally in agreement with you. I see, I see where you, your vision is with having elite caliber players take you guys to the promised land. Some can argue that. Kobe's back to back in what was it? Uh, oh, oh, uh, nine in twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, was almost single handedly. You know, you had Pal Gasol and you had one year with Ron Artest there too. Great, we're all good with that. Um, but man, LeBron was year, three years in with the Lakers. Actually, two, right? Because the year before he was injured, but then the next year he actually gives you guys a ring. See, but then I can say this though. In remembrance, in I, remembrance of of the Messiah, okay, of but, the team. But I can say this though. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I can yeah. say, well, they were in a bubble. It's not exactly <laughs> the same. 
Oh my gosh. But I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Right. And I'm not going to say that's the reason, but I'm just going to say, you know, <laughs> uh, somebody can go there. But Welcome I'm not to Come Sit With Us, the official, sh- the official podcast of the Los Angeles Lakers, right? <laughs> Um, you want to see you want to see a man lose a hundred bucks? You mm. should have seen me during oh, game uh, game I six know. Know. of the Hawks versus Knicks. My hundred bucks was squandered with uh, with a twenty thousand dollar payout. I would have been riding high if they actually went all the way. Um, I told my brother about that one. He was shaking his head. He's like, "No, he just threw away his money." I go, "Yeah, I know. That's what I told him." Yeah. But you know. You know, hey, it's a shot, though. It's a shot. Yeah. You never know. Honestly, you yeah. never know, honestly. So I'm glad that we actually just took a W. You know, fourth seed. We had Coach of the Year, Tom Thibodeau, leading us. Coach of the Year, most improved play- player, hand-in-hand. Um, I Wait, have... the most improved player? That's uh, Yeah, Julius, Julius Randle, most improved player, and then Tom really? Thibodeau won Coach of the Year. Wow. A big uh, F you to Monty Williams and the sports junkies on that one. Um, they were right. They're like, Monty Williams should win. And I'm like, man, Tibbs brought these dudes from subterranean levels to fourth in the East. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And I was like, Monty Williams had Chris Paul and Devin Booker. We have Julius Randle and then Derek Rose at his like twilight years. Mm. And that's the next star that we have. Speaking of um, Chris Paul, what point guard would you take out of the three I'm about to mention? Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, or Chris Paul? I take Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd first. Oh, I take Prime Kidd. Second. Chris Paul. Mm. Steve Nash. Steve Nash was at the top for a very brief moment. Mm-hmm. I give him the good. I give him back to back MVPs. He's all good with that. But dude, Jason mm, I don't Kidd. Know, though. Jason, I think he robbed Kobe on one of those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm with you on that. But, um, I yeah. just see. I love the fact that Jason Kidd's IQ level. The one year we had him with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Loved him. You could tell he was going to be a coach. You could you could tell that he was just he's a handling dog. it on the court. He's like I've seen him on, live. Oh, as and a off Nick. the court though, dude, I'm getting goosebumps. Think talking about it. But he's a dog on and off the court, really. You know what's funny? Hmm. I um, you know how I told you about like the memories of my dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Knicks, um, I was with my girlfriend and we were watching. In in memory of you know my dad's passing a couple weeks a couple weeks ago this mm-hmm. was one year. I was watching the 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 highlight play that we were at in Phoenix. Okay, we were there, and I showed her the highlight play. Mm. I may have saw my dad in one of the shots. Really? Yes. But wow. it's like one of those super grainy shots because we were in the back, the yeah. opposite end of where the play happened. Yeah, yeah. But my dad was wearing something so unique that it was you're able you're able to easily describe if he has A and B, this equals him, and it looked very close. So it was wow. just one of those times where it's just like, if it was him, if it wasn't, but it was cool to see. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool to see that. Like, cause I was I know exactly what section I was in. When I saw that play, but I know exactly the moment we were all standing up, seeing what would happen, and dude, it's nuts. Speaking of, we gotta go to a game, a Dodger game or whatever, Angel game, whatever. You want some baseball? Yeah, dude. Yeah, we you have want to. to watch the Angels play. Yeah, we can do that. A lot of people who are Dodger fans right now are like, nah, dude. they're turning us off right now just because we said Angels, dude. Whatever. 
Whatever. <laughs> I, it's funny when Dude, every time a lot of fans are like around this area are predominantly Dodgers. Every time I, every time I offer a rebuttal to anything I say, mm-hmm. I offer everyone in every sp- uh, sports group that I'm in. Let's go to the park, play to ten. You want to? You? I'm done debating. You let's just go snack? to the park. Let's just take care. Of yeah, it. yeah. Let's just go to the park. Take it to ten. Quiet crickets, crickets. Well, because it's funny because nobody in those groups, <laughs> like maybe one none or of two, them hoop. one or two maybe, but that's about it. Everybody else just talks the talk, and the thing is, they talk the talk on Facebook, but they're not even much of talkers. No, in person as much. Negative. A few are like Ali is. Um, Everyone else is like no. Alajuan, he he can be when he wants to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so that's what Lajuan, dude. That fool has some knowledge that I, I like Lajuan a lot. Bro. I enjoy his perspective. Yeah, he has because a good perspective he, he, on stuff. He'll think on that. He'll make a new path of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, he's really good at uh, putting his arguments together. Yeah, I'm um, always thinking. I'm always thinking stats wise. Yeah, and it's like Stephen A. Smith had this thing where it was like he named his top five point guards. Mm-hmm. And he had Chris Paul and Steph Curry on that list. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have John Stockton in there at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're telling me the one that's played the most games as a point guard, the most, uh, had the most assists ever, which is the category for a point guard, the most steals ever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have him in five of those slots? I was like, I did the, I ran the totals again. And I'm like, no, as of right now, John Stockton has more assists than Chris Paul and Steph Curry combined. Yeah. I don't even see Steph Curry as a true yeah, point guard. I don't even see, like, it's like, what? Like, what do you think? What Steph the heck? Curry is a superstar. Don't get me wrong. But as a true point guard, I don't see Steph Curry Wh- as a true Which point is why, guard. dude, he hasn't eclipsed 10,000 assists. Yeah. So it's not yeah. even, I was like, wh- wh- when was he, when do you, does he ever slot in as a point guard? Yeah. Because Steph Curry is the one taking the shot. Like, yeah, that's man. the guy and taking the shot. I was just like, man, Stephen A's tripping, dude. Like, I, I love him as a New York fan, New York yeah. Knicks fan and everything. But dude, like, well, he when had you say time, some outlandish stuff, like he even said that Donovan Mitchell is the most important Utah Jazz player ever. Basically taking a dump on Carl Malone and John Stockton. Yeah, you kidding me? And He's I'm, not yeah, bigger than dude, most Dude, I'm two. like, who? Stephen A. Smith is either if he high wins a ring, or something. If he wins a ring, okay, maybe, okay, all right. But yeah. but that's not But two case. back-to-back finals is still yeah, what John still Stockton worth. and Carl Malone have. And plus, you have them losing to what they consider as one of the possible goats of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. Try to try to, try to to guard Rodman in the post for for five or six games. Yeah, really? yeah. Trust me, it's not a... It's and then even task. even even trying to contend against what Mike was doing, dude. Mike was on a mission, dude. He was on a mission for sure. He was at his prime. So dude, Mike was a beast, bro. Yeah, he was at his prime for sure. I recommend that everyone go and try to get your mental health break on. It's very important. I've never taken one personally till till I did um, today and yesterday. Super important. Mm. It is not even a joke how much. I've taken just the nine to five for just taking it, just being accustomed, just work, 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 work. Yeah. And not even taking a break for myself. It's like, I'm going to be doing this a little bit more often because I'm thankful to be in a position where there's other way, you know, I there's multiple streams where I can pool some income <laughs> in and not have to worry about my job. Or even for those who live in California, remember you do have the extra paid, uh, 
sick leave uh, for what? If you feel infected from the vaccine or if, you know, you don't have any daycare available uh, due to like the COVID thing or if somebody in your family has COVID and you got to take care of them, like you have those sick days to use as an additional bucket. So, you know, take advantage of that while you have it. Exactly. And remote visits. Make sure to take advantage of those. You don't have to go to the doctor's office mm-hmm. to make sure you get your doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Remember that, guys. Um, other than that, more importantly, I say, how are you doing before we close out here on Come Sit With Us? Well, I did want to give some updated news. I told uh, our listeners that I was trying to get promoted and working on that. I did get promoted. and um, a boy. It took some work. It took a lot of campaigning. <clears throat> Basically, I put in some work and I started doing stuff for myself personally because I couldn't lean or depend on anybody. Like I was for a long time hoping that, you know, my manager was going to like, well, I thought or assumed my manager already knew what I was there for because that's what I talked to her about when I first got there. And so I was kind of leaning on her, you know, to to like when it, the time was ready for her to reach out to me to be like, okay, Isaiah, like, do you want to do this and that? And that, and that never happened. And so I was a little frustrated with that because I felt now I was being uh, overlooked. And so what I started doing was I put my money where my mouth is. I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something for myself. So I signed up for classes, took classes and stuff and started putting myself in position to basically be ready i started looking on indeed.com like what does a what does a manager in this um in payroll really do and so i just started basically doing those things now and i was able to like save my manager's butt on a few things um with uh like custom reporting and stuff and there were big things there were big big saves so i put myself in a position where i was ready when the next person got let go I made, I vocalized it. I said, Hey, you know, it's, we already went through two different people now from the outside. I think it's best if we hire someone inside that knows everything already and is already up to speed with it and can push things forward. And here's all my ideas. And I put it all on a PowerPoint. I had like three different PowerPoints. I'm like, here are my ideas. Oh. <laughs> here's my first three phases. Yeah. Here's of my, my ideas. Of my, of, my, uh, of my campaign. Dude, seriously. Dude, I Good felt job. like I was running for politics. Yeah, I was like, here's my ideas. Here's my plan. Like, this is what I'm going to do on the daily. And, you know, I, I, I went through three long hour interviews of pretty tough. They weren't like easy. They weren't easy mm-hmm. interviews by far. But I was prepared. Like, I thought about all the hard questions that they would throw at me. And I typed them all up in a Word doc. So I was prepared for those questions had they arised. Some of them did, and I was able to like quickly be like, oh, yeah, I got an answer for that. Um, so I was in position. So what I applied for was a supervisor role in payroll. Uh, my director calls me, and she tells me, well, you know, don't you think you should be a lead? And I was like, I really don't. I think that at this point in time, I'm ready to be a supervisor. I've been planning for being this. I've been working at it and I've been already setting myself up for that. And I feel like at this point in time, I'm supervisor ready. And um, she had through some challenges my way and said, well, you never really had experience managing people. But I told her, well, well, I don't have that experience, but I do have the leadership experience, which is a big piece of that. Um, 
and I think that you can probably help me learn the other part of it that I don't know, and I think I could take that on. So I had to overcome those objections, and so what, it, what ended up happening is they gave me a lead position now with the contention of six months, then I would be a supervisor. So as long as I follow the plan of whatever their expectations are, yeah, I execute that, and then I'd be a supervisor, um, which I can't. I can't reject that. That's sounds good to me. I mean, as long as it's moving in that, that path, that's, that's what I, what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, uh, it's pretty nice, bro. She announced it, uh, yesterday or two days ago. And, uh, I was getting a lot of like, congratulations from everybody. Yep. Cause she announced it to basically everybody. So I was getting congratulations from everyone. Yeah. A lot of you deserved it. I was like, well, I deserved it. You know, where were you before all this thing? <laughs> <laughs> where was that voucher confidence via email to yeah, her? Yeah, where was that voucher confidence via email earlier when I didn't have it? Oh, man. Um, so I got, yeah, it's so funny, dude. They're like, you deserve it. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I deserve it. Like, I, I was, but um, <laughs> it's just something people say. But um, yeah, it was pretty nice, dude. And uh, I, I do have my, my, co-workers uh voucher confidence which is nice to have um and i do feel like i've been ready dude i've been preparing and working hard for it you know i haven't been doing podcasting in a while because of it yeah. i had to focus on doing that and doing classes and stuff so it's pretty exciting i'm glad i get a salary bump um which is always good um that means more taxes though too so probably oh, later hours on. or whatever i don't know it does, right? Because I'm a single guy. They're gonna tax the wazoo out of me too. Oh, dude, I've been, we've been, we've been buying that bullet ever since. We have, we have. So, but who knows? You know, I, and right now it's a, it's a good time too because I, I need to get another car. I I got hit the other day, like trying to go to work. The one day, one day I go to work, got hit all randomly. The 57 and the 60 suck. Yeah. And it was by a guy that was like our age, bro. He was 29, lived in Rialto. He had a Marvel wallet, like. Seemed like a cool dude, but I was like, man, what happened, man? And he's like, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you came out of nowhere. <laughs> so, and I was, I was a little bit worried about that because I was like, I was hoping this guy was going to try to spin the story and be like, well, no, he did a sudden stop or something stupid yeah. making up a lie. And he had an insurance that kind of wasn't really well known too well. No. So I was kind of freaking out a little bit because they didn't re- respond to my phone calls. And I left the voicemail like twice and I'm like, they didn't respond for two full days and yeah. we went over to the weekend and I was like a little worried about that. Yeah. Uh, so I started calling everybody and their mother. I started calling customer service. I called all these other insurance companies. I was like, Hey, you know what? This, these people, this, these people aren't calling me back. Do we know about these people? Like what's going on with them? I started calling. I started looking up on internet, like people who worked there and started calling all these other people who worked in the office. <laughs> they called all these other branches. Oh, I did though. And then, so when the lady finally calls me back, she goes, I was hearing from everybody. You're trying to reach me that I never talked to you, you know, but I did talk to you. La la la. She's like, and did she? Well, she talked to me the first day. But then the next two days, I called him at the voicemail and never heard from her yeah. again. Did she say she was out of the office? What, what was it? What did, how did she, she spend had no, it? She said nothing. She said she was busy, la, la, la. And oh, I, when gosh. I called her back, it went to a voicemail. I said, yeah, I know you're busy. You know, I'm busy too. Matter of fact, I'm yeah. working at the same time, me trying to reach you, calling all these other people. So I'm kind of busy too. So don't just say you're busy. Like I'm busy as well. Yeah. You know, what, do you think, what do you think that I'm, I'm expecting to get? Yeah, hit you think these I'm days? just sitting here like, Oh, like, no, I'm busy too. So that's why I'm calling you. 
<laughs> so anyways, they help me out. They're paying for it and all, all and all that. But it sucks because I have an older 2007 Nissan Z, 350Z. And because of the damage cost about $7,000, $8,000, it's not worth them to fix it because the value of the car is not even that. Yep. So it's totaled. And now I have to find another car. So that's the position I'm in. So I'm saying all that because me getting the promotion now is a good time because now yeah, that's now, good. Yeah, because yeah. now you uh, can afford whatever car I'm going to try to get. Right? Dude, with that salary bump, man, I'm yeah. just Lambo. Lambo, wow. <laughs> Straight <laughs> with that That confident, bump. like I'm going to be a CFO one day, so I'm just going to get Lambo. Yeah, now. just put, talk about going all in, huh? <laughs> well, that's good, man. Uh, minus the fender bender. I give your congratulations. They, you are seeing the fruits of your effort. I've always been a, a very uh, vocal advocate of just hard work will pay off. Yeah, we are. You and I are kind of in a similar position where our education level isn't really up to snuff to where we need it to be to maintain in this world. So we have to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is. The hard work that we do in our career field and, like I vouched, uh, multiple streams of income. Got to make it happen. Got to make it happen out here. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, with us. Come sit with us. I want to also remind you guys to take your mental health breaks. You are able to do that. Just make sure you get your appropriate clearances uh, via your doctor. But, yeah, it's always good to take a break from the norm and... Um, ground yourself back into reassuring yourself with uh, those mental health breaks and just relax a little bit, you know, let your hair down, let your hair down, relax a little bit. Um, want to thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, most importantly, be well. <laughs>